TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you to the Two Guys in a Mic show or the TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, well, actually not so beautiful Friday here in the fine city of Chicago. we got all kinds of uh, sports action going on today and over the weekend. Should be a fun one. Uh, Want to talk about all that sports action? Of course, uh, if you're new to the Two Guys in a Mic show, we jump off the sports page early and often, too. So won't be all sports here on the show. Uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number. We're expecting the... Uh, Big dog, Joel Radwanski, to join us in a couple of minutes. Temporarily, though, the coach flying solo. David Olson, our producer today. We are all set for one hour of sports talk. We do it uh, every Monday through Friday, each day, five days a week, one hour a day. That would make five in total. The Chicago Cubs um, could have used five runs yesterday. Actually, five runs wouldn't help. They would need six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Pittsburgh knocks off the beloved Cub, 11-1. to The Chicago White Sox get shut out 2 nothing. So it's been a more abound baseball season thus far here in the city of Chicago, and it became a whole lot more abound yesterday. I'm not even sure what more abound means, but I think it's a negative word, and that's pretty much the way the baseball has been. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get better news over the weekend. The Cubs have um, they've kind of been in a little bit of a you know during the weekdays they stink, and then they come out of it, and on the weekends they play great. It's almost uh, Joel, and I understand the big dog is with us. Very much like your social life back in the day, where the weekdays not so good, but then you would shine like a like a like a bright light on the weekends. Could we compare Cub baseball to your social life back in the mid twenties? Well, I would have to say that's probably that's a good comparison. You know, the only problem is like when you're showing up for work after being out till like six thirty in the morning, and you show up at eight o'clock. You know, on a Tuesday, people yeah. are like, "What the heck is wrong with that guy?" So, but on the weekends, people are like, "Oh, it's no problem." He went out and party on the weekends, but. Mm-hmm. You know, when you party till 6 in the morning on Monday, people look at you like you're a little crazy. Mm-hmm. By the way, it is, uh, speaking of partying, it is Mother's Day this weekend. I know you've got some big celebrations also. And I'm a little confused. It was either yesterday or it is today. It is Nurses Appreciation Day. And we put in our promo for the show that, according to Joel, every day is Nurses Appreciation Day. Uh, Coach, this is no joke here. My social life has revolved around nurses for a, a few years. Really? Yes. Well, you know this. Not your uh, medical life, but your social life. Yes. But, and just come to think of it, you know, there's a, a friend of mine on Facebook, you know, she would let me know. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And then also another friend of mine, Kelly Drudy, mm-hmm. was just a nurse, and now she's more than a nurse. She's like some special nurse. I don't know exactly what it is, but she passed okay. some test. And she, I don't see her drink very often. The other day, she started slamming a lot of alcohol, and I've never seen her so giddy. I guess she, this woman had like five hours of homework every mm-hmm. single day for like two years because I haven't okay. seen her. And now I found out why because she was actually getting, you know, whatever degree she was getting. So congratulations hopefully, to Kelly Drew. Hopefully, yeah, congratulations, Kelly. If you're listening, it's a wonderful accomplishment. We don't know what you accomplished, but uh, <laughs> some kind of medical degree. Hopefully, she wasn't seeing any patients anytime uh, early in the morning after that uh, night of frivolity. No, absolutely not. But she was checking everybody out that had an acre of paint. Trust me, she was all over. Oh, you got this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. I was like, oh, that's that. Uh, that oh, that was know. in your subdivision party, right? 
No, that was the same thing. Yeah, well, okay. I walked over to the house. And yeah. It was Kelly's, uh, like, it was Kelly's, like, stuff yeah. celebrating Kelly's thing, and there was yep. a couple other people going on. We mm-hmm. were all just happy. So that's I, what I'm it was about. Big fan of subdivision parties. It sounded like a great time. I don't know if I'm getting too personal or not, Big Doll, but I have to ask you, is your subdivision subdivided? Uh, Coach, it absolutely is because really? either you're in with us or you're out. Oh, sort of like the George Bush theory. Uh, you're, you're either with us or you're against so us. So whatever address you're at, like 2121 Pine Street, you got the sign outside. In this subdivision, you're either with us or you're against us. Well, you know, a bunch of my high school <laughs> friends have bought houses in this area. Really? So this isn't your typical, oh, yeah, these uh-huh. are good friends. No, no, these are really, really good friends, Coach. So I'm really lucky in that particular respect. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I might be looking for some real estate in the near future. I might be looking at your subdivision. It sounds like uh, – if not economically viable, it sounds like at least it's a good time. Coach, you know what it's like when all of a sudden you have to move a, a jacuzzi or you need to borrow somebody's, like, power saw or something like that? Mm-hmm. It's awfully good. And I'm not talking about, like, oh, there's, like, five people. I'm talking, like, 17 different homes of people that went to high school together. Mm-hmm. So, and, we, of course, we, you know, we went to high school in Downers Grove, so we had to move west because we couldn't afford Downers Grove. So now we're out in Aurora. But all of us are getting becoming successful, and now we're going to start moving east again. Okay. So it's you know what I mean? You know, when you're in your late 20s, you move west, and then you, in your late 30s, you move back east. <laughs> and then uh, in your later years, like me, you start to move south oh, ra- rapidly. Eight eight eight. to put the brakes on how fast I go south right Yes, now. let us hope so. Take your time, please. It's not exactly the direction you want to go. Uh, you know, I borrowed a power saw before. I don't think in my life, and I think I could live comfortably without ever having done it. I don't know that I can honestly say I've ever moved the jacuzzi. Well, I didn't know uh, jacuzzis moved. That was just one example of stuff that you know okay. we had to do over here. But you know, there's always people helping out. You know, I'm the pool guy, so everybody comes over to the house, from yes. my house, to use the pool. And then you know, while they're in the pool, they're like, "Oh, uh, you know, could you help me do this?" And I'm obviously like, "I will." But okay. since I have the most free time of anybody, mm-hmm. I'm usually the one that gets stuck helping everybody. But I don't <laughs> mind it whatsoever. So. All right. Well, Big Dog, we're glad with you. Lots to talk about in the world of sports. Uh, oh, there is. There is indeed. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic, Big Dog and a coach at your service. Uh, up until 11 o'clock, dial it up, 888-463-6748. Talk some baseball here real quick. The Cubs uh, going from bad to worse. Big Dog get swept by Pittsburgh and not just getting swept, but getting beaten badly. 11-1 to yesterday to the Pittsburgh Pirate. And the White Sox, no better on the south side. They get shut out 2 to nothing mediocrity reign supreme in chicago baseball thus far well if it was if they were mediocre both teams i think they'd be better off right now because they're, they're abysmal now luckily for me you know i i filmed another one of those black and blue cities yesterday with check copics down at yes. rockies i saw so one of we the promos done, by the way you see it looks all right doesn't it you look very good uh, you, i appreciate it coach you it's were so clearly loud. of the three chet by the way chet had a bad hair day in the one i saw well it was like the, 40 mile an hour wind. I'm not kidding you. It was the it was the Friday that they that particular one was the Friday of the Arizona Diamondback games where if you hit a fly ball to the outfield, it was a mm-hmm. home run. It was that particular day. Okay. Well, the Chester uh, looked Chester looked a little disheveled. Uh, your good partner, you were battling against what was his name? Mark Davis. Matt, Matt Benson. What that? He's the one Sox fan I like, Coach. Besides Dave Olson. <laughs> they won't only during the show when he has a chance to dump me yeah. and, and put sound bites yeah. in and make me sound so bad. You, basically, you just like Dave uh, five days a week, one hour a day, five in total. <laughs> five in total. Well, yeah, and my mom, too. I, I kind of like her a little bit, so that's good. Uh, she's a Sox fan? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, there's 
my family is a family divided. It's wow. hilarious. It's about 50-50. Wow. So. But you got to check out, folks, uh, uh, Joel promoing a new it's a web show hoping to become a TV show. You can check it out. I did this morning. www.blackandbluecity.com. It's Cub fan versus Sox fan. You represent the Cubs. And of the three people on the screen, Joel, even though I will tell you this, the volume is a little hard to hear. The audio needs to be a little bit clearer. But of the three, you clearly are the most photogenic. And I'm not just saying that to hype you up a little bit, but uh, you do stand out. Nice shades, by the way. I like the sunglass look. You know what? Uh, the, the reason with the sound quality is it was those 40 mile an hour winds. We're going to correct that. That was the okay. first time we had filmed up on that particular rooftop. Mm-hmm. So we'll be prepared for 40 mile an hour winds again because they had to really turn the levels down. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was there, they were. It was nine o'clock in the morning, and the sun was right in our eyes. And one of the producers there, who I will like to say, I like to call her 9.2. Oh my goodness! So it's very, very special. Very. Very distracting if you're trying to talk Cub Sox with a producer that looks like that. Well, she gave me her sunglasses, and I, I wasn't very comfortable with it, and she promised me that they were, uh, they were what do you call it, uh, like, I don't know what the word is, when it's mm-hmm. male or female. But since, since I had to play the metrosexual uh, Cub fan, I had to put the glasses on. Cause... Oh, male or female, that's probably called a bifocal. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, well, yesterday, I, after the Rockies filming, we, we filmed two shows yesterday at Rockies. My, a couple of my family members came out, some of my uh-huh. friends did. We went to the White Sox game last night. That took one of my boys to Rico Benny's. He had that sandwich for the first time. Oh, my goodness, gosh, it's the best what? breaded steak sandwich in the state. What's it called? Rico Benny's. That's the name of the sandwich or the name of the yes, restaurant? That's the name of the restaurant. You go in there and you get yourself a breaded steak sandwich. Oof. Coach, about one out of every thousand people can finish the king size, the original. It's outstanding. You're one of them. You're one of them that'd be able to do it. I know you, and I'm. I could do it. My buddy got the regular. He barely could finish the regular and the uh-huh. king sizes. What did you put on the uh, breaded steak sandwich? Little grilled onions, I hope. Uh, you know, I, I should ask them to that, but I just put the cheese and the and the. Um, and the mozzarella. The mozzarella and jardinier is all I put on it. Ooh, it's gigantic, Coach. Nice. Nice touch. The jardinier. Very nice. It, it, it was absolutely delicious. So, And then we went to the White Sox game afterwards. And I had a Cubs hat on, you know, and then just because I'm sitting there watching the game, all these idiots, oh, you know, <laughs> Am I? Really? I, did I go to the wrong game today? I I'm really must be an idiot. I can't believe I'm in the wrong park. So I, I, I was getting sick of that, but. You know, eventually, by like the fifth or sixth inning, nobody was making fun of the fact I was a Cub fan anymore, except every time they look at the scoreboard, hey, ain't nothing. Hey, ain't nothing. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Yeah, so. Oh, goodness. I'll go baseball. Did you tell the White Sox fan? Did you have a little card passing out your show? Check it out, blackandbluecity.com. I I was actually reminding people, you can listen to me tomorrow on TalkZone.com. Beautiful. And I was like, and I figured if they do that, they can find Black and Blue okay. City. I, I did. I was letting everybody in the whole section. Well, if we have any uh, fans that were at White Sox Park and uh, ran into Joel yesterday and are listening to the show for the first time, dial it up or email us if you want it. Mike Two Guys AOL dot com. That's M I C and the number two. Mike Two Guys AOL dot com. Or better yet, we are user friendly. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Big dog and a coach at your service. Any fans yeah. that were out there. Without a doubt, the highlight of the night was um, there is a young lady named Ashley Marie. She's uh, one of those White Sox pride girls. She's one of those girls that wear the coochie-coochie shorts, and they mm-hmm. get up on top of the dugout, and they do a little dance. Okay. And all the guys drool over them. And then, like, the inning later, they walk the kids around the bases. Oh, isn't that cute? 
<laughs> you know, it's a little uncomfortable. You know yeah, sort of like like the Hannah, Hannah Montana show, and then she comes out and does the video that's recently out there. It's, it's kind of a mixed message, if you will. Well, I haven't seen the new video. I haven't. I, I, I really. But you know what I'm talking about? Wholesome, no, wholesome one minute, and then presenting a uh, slightly different presentation in the next present. Oh, you find out that she's a human being and she's growing up. Is that what it is? I'm not saying good or bad. I was trying to compare. What's uh, Hoochie Hoochie's name? Uh, Ashley Marie. Ashley Marie. I was compare, trying girl. to compare what Ashley Marie at the baseball game, you know, doing a little bit of dance on top of the dugout with the short shorts and then walking the kids around the bases, how sweet and how lovely. So, you know, I tell the guys that I'm with, hey, you know, I know one of these White Sox pride girls uh, pretty well. They're like, oh, yeah, right, right, whatever. Well, anyways, we're in the ninth row. This girl starts throwing, they start throwing the teachers, teachers out, all the, the Sox pride girls. And lo and behold, guess who comes to our section to throw them out? And I, you know, I get up on the stage, I'm like, Ashley! And she waves at me, points her finger, and throws the shirt right at me. Of course, it doesn't hit me. It hit one of my buddies who was doubting me right in the freaking grill. Right in the grill, coach. Boom! And it falls off the stage. Now, he was able to go two rows back and fight over this shirt. It got all tore up and got dirt on it. But without a doubt, that was definitely the highlight of the day. And she looked right at you, smiled at you. I was like, what did you think I was making it up? And then, uh, no big deal. Then I showed him, like, the Facebook thing. So after, uh, show them, like, around the Facebook thing. So the thing is, coach, I go to a Chicago White Sox game hoping to enjoy myself, and all I watch is, the only thing that was good was the fact Scott Olsen was throwing a no-hitter, so I was watching that on my between pitches, you know, on my Palm Pilot. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then basically not being able to get taunted by White Sox fans because, you know, they lost 2 nothing to Dana Evelyn. I mean, they got they only got three hits off a guy named Dana, Coach. And Kevin Gregg got the save. How embarrassing is that? Well, the Cubs got uh, shut down by Charlie Morton two days ago, whose ERA was 12-point-something. He was 0-5. And, and then the next day... The White Sox get uh, shut down by Dana Evelyn. Who, and, um, and you know what Charlie Morton's last win was, Coach? It was August of '09. Yeah, against, against the, the I think it was against the Augusta Green Jackets. Well, well, his last major league win was against the Chicago Cubs in August of '09. Really? So he just owns us. Wow. Owns the Chicago Cubs. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I wish they were mediocre. Mediocre would be a step up for both teams in this particular season. Well, mediocre, if you look at the Cubs as a whole for the season, they've had a few... Bright moments. The White Sox, to call them mediocre, you're right, probably is a compliment. But the Cubs' body of work, you know, mediocre is probably accurate. They've had a few high moments. By the way, uh, speaking of guys that do well against the Cubs, my guy, Lastings Millage. Best name in baseball, Lastings Millage. Couple of doubles yesterday, four RBIs. I was going to name my kid Lastings. What do you think, Lastings Cone? Would that have been a good name? That's Well, it probably wouldn't be the same as, like, David, you know. Well, it was either it was either James, David, or Lastings. Those were the last three names. Well, I, I got to be honest with you, Coach. You still have a chance to squeeze out, you know, have your wife squeeze out another puppy. So you still might have that. You that your wish could still come true. You know, I hope my wife's not listening. <laughs> she was holding out for baby number three for a long time. I don't think this long, but you never know. A little inspiration from uh, a source like the big dog, and I might come home tonight, and it might be, uh, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have another kid? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the candlelights are out. Yep. You know, yep. Well, you, 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 the massage oil's out. Yep. Probably the the cheese tortellini <laughs> boiling in the pot. Oh, is that is that like an aphrodisiac for you, coach? No, not particularly. Quite the opposite. 
All right. At any rate, uh, my guy Lastings Millage was big. Pirates over the Cubs. I don't know where you go with this whole thing. Hopefully, Big Dog, we can look ahead to the weekend. Cubs are at Cincinnati. And like we opened up the show saying the uh, Cubs have been bad on the weekdays, maybe when we come back and um, reminisce on Monday, we can talk about a sweep over Cincinnati and the Cubs back on the upswing. By the way, David Olson and our production department telling us that there is a rumor soon to be confirmed that Starling Castro Sterling Castro is on the way up. They are going to bring him up for the minor leagues to give the team a little uh, boost, which they certainly could use. So, just uh, I'm, I'm David Olson, Sox fan, getting the lowdown on the Cubs. Uh, are they going to move Terrio to second? Like, what should happen? Because Sterling Castro is a shortstop, and let's you know what, Coach. As much as I've ripped on the Cubs so far, Ryan Terrio is playing really good baseball. Yep. Marlon Byrd is playing really good baseball. Fukudome is playing really good baseball. These guys need to stay in the lineup. So yeah. if they well, Thurio is third in the National League in batting, and Marlon Byrd is fourth. Both of them got great attitudes. Those two guys are keepers for sure. Well, I just told players, coach. Huh? They're ball players. Yeah, they are. They're ball players. So was Tyler Colvin, and you hope that uh, when Ramirez and Lee start hitting again, and they will, a little bit less confident in Derek Lee, Ramos Ramirez is going to start hitting. I just hope when they start hitting the big boppers, I hope the Thurio, Fokodome, and Marlon Bird continue to hit. What I'm worried about, Big Dog, is the big guys start to hit in a couple of weeks, and then the other guys cool off. You need to get hot at the same time. Yeah, just like uh, yeah, with solo home runs, they're not all that great. They're not as they're not as great as you might think they'd be. You need people on. You need those little rabbits on when the big mm-hmm. guys are coming up. I'm with you. I just I just don't want them to bench Terrio, Coach. So if if, if that means it's no. and if they bring up Castro, you got to play. Not- you know what I'm saying? You yeah, have to play no, the kid. No. They're clearly not going to bench uh, Ryan Terrier. I think I can speak on behalf of Lou Pinella, and I think on behalf of Lou Pinella, right now he'd like me to speak on behalf of Lou Pinella because if you've heard Lou Pinella lately, he's not real thrilled talking to the press. So I think he'd appreciate me speaking on his behalf. Well, well no, I, I don't blame him. And I just thought, by the way, when Lou Pinella starts like, talking down to reporters, yes. that's garbage. And yeah, I agree. one day if I'm ever in a press yep. conference and some manager or coach yeah. – Ever talks to me that way, I won't let him do it. Thank you. Like, what type of baseball do I play? Winning baseball. That's why I was yeah. wondering why you didn't bunt. Yeah, you know, George, George exactly Castle. You're talking about the George Castle incident and a couple other ones. Absolutely. Well, it was George Castle that he All of a sudden, these, these writers treat the, uh, you know, the, the, like, like they're talking to the President of the United States. A manager exactly. gets a little carried away. Stop backing down. Show a little totally uh, newspaper real stonies and, and speak up because George Castle was exactly right. Yeah, it, think, was a, it was a legitimate question. Yeah. So the question was, why didn't you bunt? You know, yes. It wasn't like, oh, you're an idiot, Lou. Yep. Why, you know, it was just like, hey, well, did you think about bunting? It yeah. was a perfect question. Yeah. Lou Pinella needs to get the stick out of his you-know-what. <laughs> I love Uncle Lou. You know what I do, Coach. But yes. He, every once in a while, he snaps on people that he shouldn't. George Castle has done more for the Chicago Cubs and their popularity, uh, popularity than everybody but maybe four or five players, and that's that. no joke. I don't know about Coach? that. George Castle is a major pain in the ass, to be absolutely what? frank with you, but he asked a legitimate question. He should have responded a little strong. I, I'm with you on that. I, I would not let Lupinella or, like, Bobby Knight intimidate yeah. me in a press conference. I don't know. He might, uh, you know, in defense of Lou, he might have a rash in an uncomfortable spot. It's possible. And you know what? The way his gut hangs over, he might not be able to reach that stretch. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Once again, America's number one breakfast show. As long as you're not in America eating breakfast. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. Uh, by the way, the pitching matchup today in uh, 
Cincinnati, Carlos Silva throwing for the Cubs against Horner Bailey. For the Cub fans out there, Ron Santo, tell us a little bit about Cincinnati pitcher. Is it Horner or Homer Bailey? Uh, Coach, luckily for the Chicago Cubs, his name is Homer Bailey. Homer. And uh, basically, uh, the way he's pitched for the Cincinnati Reds so far is basically <laughs> Homer Bailey. You know, he's one of those phenom kids that everybody's waiting for him to bust out and, and be phenomenal. And he'll do that like, once out of every like, eight starts, he's great. But seven out of eight, uh, the, he's okay. usually not all that good. So Does he, uh, uh, just out of curiosity, like does he like to keep the ball down? Yeah, he likes to work quickly. He likes to keep the ball down in the zone. And he likes to keep hitters off balance. But the only problem is he only does it once out of every eight starts. <laughs> does he like to get ahead in the count? Oh, he loves to get ahead in the count. Really? Okay. Yeah, he loves to get ahead right. in the count. Thanks, uh, thanks, Ronnie Sano, for that report. By the way, I was listening a little bit. On the radio yesterday, I tuned in like in the seventh inning, scores 11 to nothing at the time. And Pat okay, Hughes so and Ron Santos. You missed the Lansing Village play then. Huh? You missed the Lansing Village play then. I heard it. Well, actually, I didn't because at that time they were talking about it. Okay. And okay. I'll, I'll use this as an example of how Ron Santo, and I love Ron Santo, but he has completely lost it. I mean, you know, it's been a gradual demise of Ronnie Santo as far as sharpness and his analytical ability. But I'm telling you, Joel, again, I love Ron Santo, and I would love nothing more. Forget about winning the World Series for me. Ron Santo is not in the best of health. They need to win the World Series so that Ron Santo can I think the greatest thing for me right now would be to watch Ron Santo and his expression and his face and his emotion if the Cubs finally made the World Series and, God forbid, won it. I mean, I'm serious. That would be like the number one thing for me. I 100 wholeheartedly percent agree with you. Legitimately, when the Cubs win the World Series, and I say win, not if, the first person I'm going to think of is my father. Mm-hmm. That man spent way too much money yep. and loved the Cubs way too much. Yep. Okay. And uh, and then the second person I'll be thinking of is Ron Santo. Mm-hmm. And I really want them to win for him. More than any player on the team, more than Lou Pinella, I, I even though there's a lot of good guys that I like on this particular team, hopefully mm-hmm. a couple of these guys will be around when they win it. But Ron Santo, and then maybe Ernie Banks a second. But Ron Santo, I think, has jumped jumped ahead in that. But uh, so so I say that, and I thoroughly love Ron Santo and enjoy everything he's brought to Chicago baseball. But they need to get him out of the booth, or at the very worst, get a color guy in and let Ronty, Ronnie be the third hand. I mean, yesterday, Joel, and again, now it's eleven nothing, and you know how Santo gets tired in the later innings. Yeah, he's better in the early innings. He starts to lose it. It's it's pretty comical, actually. Uh, part tragedy, part comedy. But he starts telling a story, and Pat Hughes is like listening, and the story is not making a whole lot of sense. But like halfway through the story, he just stops, and there's like silence, and you could tell Pat is waiting. He just completely, just like, boom, that was the end of the story. And then they the third out of the inning, and Pat goes, "All right, Ron, we'll we'll get the rest of the story. I hope when we come back." And sure enough, when they came back, Ronnie, to his credit, he actually picked up the story. But he's just like, stop halfway through. And then and then they're explaining the lasting millage play, which I guess was pretty comical. Yeah, but, it was. I, I saw that because I, I didn't watch the game at all. It was at the Wexx game, but I watched it on ESPN, and they broke the whole thing down on ESPN. <laughs> so for the fans that didn't see it, including myself, I just heard about it. He thought he hit a homer with the bases yeah. loaded. Grand slam. He thought he hit a grand slam over the top of the wall. And part of the reason why he thought he hit a grand slam is because Alfonso Soriano didn't run after the ball, something that nobody else is bringing up. When I saw the highlight, he, like, let it wash over his head. He left it, and he hit it off the top of the wall, and he did the, like, you know how, like, you got to jump and your shoulders react when you realize you messed up? Mm-hmm. That's why I know he thought it was a home run and didn't go try. And the, so I think Glancy Miller saw Soriano just standing there. 
So he went into the Jeffrey Leonard home run trot and put his arm up like, hey, it's a grand slam story. I know, to his credit, did hustle and get the ball in after he realized that he had messed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they got him in a rundown between second and third, and he was like, what's going on? <laughs> he just like, shrugged his shoulders. And the, you don't see so that. The Cubs were getting beat so bad yeah. that the Pirates were making fun of him in the dugout. <laughs> How often does that happen? Yeah, you know, but... like laughing, hey, you totally messed yeah. up and look like an idiot, but hey, it won't cost us the game because we're yeah. up 11. On behalf of the 17 Pittsburgh Pirate fans that are out there, it's kind of nice for the shoe to be on the uh, on the other foot, so to speak. That they can, you know, usually people are laughing at them for a brief moment in time. They were able to have a laugh. Yeah, good but, point. But just to show you how far out of it again with Ron Santo, when they came back the next inning, Pat Hughes is describing that plan. I'm kind of enjoying the description because Lasting Millwood was up and he was explaining what happened, uh, you know, the first or second time he was up. And he's explaining how uh, oh, Lasting's thought it was a home run, but once he realized that Ryan Church, with the bases loaded, Ryan Church stopped on third base, he got caught between second and third in a rundown and got out. And then Ronnie Santo, yeah, tough play, but, boy, he still picked up three RBIs on it. you got to give him the credit. And he goes, no, Ron, no, Ron, Ryan Church stopped at third base. He only got two RBIs. <laughs> like, well, you know, uh, it, it's funny you said it because I hear people like, oh, isn't, it, isn't Vince Scully incredible? And I think Vince Scully might be the greatest announcer of all time. Yes. But, you know, he is also getting up there in age. Yeah. But he still does the games by himself. And, and Which, I'm, I'm, Coach, I'm not biased in this situation. I tell you exactly how I feel about the Chicago announcers. I really do think we have a, the best city for announcers. But Pat Hughes, not only does he – he kind of d- does more than the game by himself because he has to do everything yep. in the telecast broadcast, and he has to correct Ron Santos' mistakes constantly. And I love Ron Santos. You know I do. I love that man. But that just shows you how incredible of a job Patrick Hughes is doing right now because legit. And you know, a lot of times Ron will make mistakes, but he doesn't correct them. But when it comes to do with like scores and stuff that is important to the game, he always has to correct Ron, and he'll do it. You know, if we started a drinking game, how many times Pat Hughes has to correct <laughs> Ron Santo in a uh-huh. game? You'd be wasted. It'd be bad. Sounds like so, a, sounds like a good time could be had by all. Oh, maybe another subdivision party. You could play the Ron Santo game, but you are correct. Pat Hughes does a great job. Baseball fans out there, Cubs, Sox fans, you want to check in, talk a little uh, baseball with us. We'll get on to other topics here in a couple of minutes, but our phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. But to, uh, you are exactly right about Patrick Hughes, and he, he, does, he walks the fine line between uh, kidding Ron Santo but still being very professional about it, and he will still describe the game to you. A good combination of seriousness, enthusiasm, and also a little bit of a sense of humor, which if you're working with Ron Santo in the booth every day, you have to have. Yeah, and if you're if you're a Cub fan who never listens to the games on the radio, you, you've got to do it every yep. once in a while because you're missing out about the fact that they have the best play-by-play guy in baseball right now. Pat mm-hmm. If you're a White Sox fan, you got to do it just for the simple fact of the, the comedy of it because – Coach, am I, am I, let me see if I'm wrong right here. Fly ball, this is Pat Hughes. Fly ball, deep left field. Is it be off the wall? Well, was, thought it was going to be home run, but no, whatever. He describes the play, gets it back in, and then then he turns to Ron and says, like, whatever how he says, the transition, and Ron's supposed to break it down. And Ron, this, Ron Santo breaks down the play like this. You described it perfectly, Pat. <laughs> uh-huh. That's right, Pat. <laughs> described it you- perfectly. <laughs> You're sure right. You're supposed to break down the play a little bit. You're supposed to add color to it. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Pat Hughes is able to roll with that punch uh, all the way through. They do a great job, as do the TV guys, quite frankly. Bob Brenly and Len Casper, very, very good job. And, and the White Sox, 
Interestingly, on the radio, Ed Farmer used to be extremely annoying. He still can be at times. Darren Jackson, who used to be on with Kenny Hawk Harrelson, it was uncomfortable for many, many years. I don't know how many years they were together, but DJ, you know, he was okay, but there was just something missing. It was odd. It was uncomfortable. Never good karma. So you had two guys that I don't particularly like that got together in the radio booth last year, and the two of them together, pretty good. Actually, what's the expression? The sum is greater than the individual parts. Farmer and DJ together have become a good crew. They've been good for each other. You know, I'll have to agree with you on that one totally, and I think maybe it's like I think Darren Jackson's just relieved not to be in a booth where every time he says something, he gets challenged by Hawk. Yep. Oh, DJ. No, you know, like, it, it, it seems like they were always, you know, it's good to disagree every mm-hmm. once in a while. You know, you got to give your own opinion. But Hawk Harrelson would talk down to him like yes. he didn't know anything about baseball. Yep. And, and that used to bother me just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, how many times does Hawk Harrelson bring up during a telecast he led the American League in RBIs in 1968? <laughs> Seriously, how many times? A, a lot before? more times than he tells, talks about his failed uh, entrepreneurship as a general manager for the beloved White Sox. Oh, he did pick up Jose De Leon, coach. He had a career year with, uh, with the White Sox. I loved Jose De Leon. Of course, yeah. He, he yeah. created Bobby Bonilla for him, and yeah. he was 2-19. and 19, He's my so. second favorite De Leon. I always uh, – I wasn't a big geographer, big social studies guy, but Ponce De Leon, I always had a special place in my heart for uh, discoverer Ponce De Leon. Ponce De Leon was, was you know, pretty good, but I think they were going to find the Pacific Ocean anyways, coach. Well, they were, but I think Ponce did it in a way that, uh, you know, he did it earlier. He brought it to us in a special way. I just thought there was something unique about a Ponce de Leon. Nothing to criticize pitcher Jose de Leon, but if I got to rank de Leon's, I'm putting Ponce before Jose. Sorry. Okay, if if you say so, Coach, I'm not going to argue with that one. That's your own personal opinion. (laughs) Very quickly before we move topics, uh, MLB recap yesterday, Philadelphia and St. Louis, pretty good series. Statement series, or is it too early to call it that, uh, Big Doe? Philadelphia beat St. Louis yesterday 7-2. to They won the final three, took three out of four from the Cardinals. Does that put the Phillies at a different level? Uh, not not a different level, but it was a big series. I mean, it, you know, if was, you were going to most likely get a winner. If it was 2-2, it wouldn't be like, oh, these guys are deadlocked. You know, mm-hmm. they won three out of four at home. It is, uh, they are the two best teams in the National League. So uh, it was definitely a good series. And consider they only play each other twice all season. You know, it, it was a big series. It's, you know, not like the old days where you used to play everybody almost about the same amount of times. But now it's just such an odd schedule. It makes those uh, interdivisional matchups a lot more interesting. Closest thing to a sure bet in baseball, uh, you can pick out a different guy, but it appears to be Roy Halladay when he's pitching for Philadelphia, when he's pitching for anybody. But Halladay was brilliant again yesterday, seven innings, nine strikeouts. I think one walk gave up seven hits. He's the uh, most consistent, surest bet in baseball, would you say? Yeah, with, uh, he's the best pitcher in baseball, and he happens to be pitching uh, with the best team in the National League behind them, and mm-hmm. possibly the best team in baseball. You know, I mean, maybe the maybe the Rays have a better nine or eight position players. Maybe the Yankees do, but in the National League, there is nobody better than Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins. I was Jimmy Rollins, you know, still banged up. Uh, Jason Worth, Abanez, all those guys. Seriously, that is a really talented ball club. And you know what I loved about Roy Halladay yesterday? It was a he just threw a wild pitch, Albert Bell. And there was runners at first and second. They moved up to second and third, Coach, and there's two outs. Now, first base is open with a 3-2 count. What does every single pitcher and team in baseball do with Albert Albert Pujols with three balls on them and open first base, two outs, and runners at second and third? I know what I'd do. 
he'd walk them, wouldn't you? Yeah. And I had no problem with that strategy. Roy Halladay threw him an inside fastball that just missed the inside corner, and uh, he ended up walking them anyways. But he challenged, challenged the coach. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's why Roy Halladay, I mean, he's got a pair of Weibos, coach. It's, uh, I don't know, he's a heck of a pitcher to watch. He was on MLB Network yesterday, the Thursday afternoon game off. We did. And you got to give the manager credit for that, too, because the manager at that point can signal to the catcher, right, the intentional walk? Oh, the catcher The catcher came out there. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, you can tell he, he, told, he asked him if he was going to walk him, and he was like, get back there. That's all he said to him, get back there, to Carlos Ruiz. So. All right, Washington Nationals are real quick knocked off the Braves 3-2. to two. We mentioned that game. You alluded to it earlier while you're – Getting bored by the White Sox offense at the game yesterday at Sox Park. You're watching your whatever, your iPod TV screen, whatever it might be, Scott Olson. With a uh, no-hitter into the eighth inning, we almost had our first no-hitter of the year. He lost it with one out, but uh, pretty impressive performance by Scotty Olson. Uh, how how quick we forget that the great Abaldo Jimenez pitched a no-hitter against those same Braves about two weeks ago. Ah, that's right. Yep, so, I apologize. Uh, uh, Ubaldo, no, to, to all the Ubaldo Jimenez fans out there, too. That's why I'm here, Ronnie, to correct you. Ubaldo I mean, and all his uh, family and friends. Thank you very much, Pat, for correcting me on that one. San Francisco knocked off Florida. My pick to click at the start of the year looking pretty good. Big Dog Giants, 17 uh, and 10 in the season. Matt Cain, pretty good. Aaron Rowan has come off the DL list, and he's 7 for 15. Got a triple and a base hit. The Giants are cruising, and they win again yesterday, 6 to 3. I think they're for real. Oh, no, no. They definitely are for real, Coach, because. They've got the starting pitching with uh, if Barry Zito keeps on pitching like it's 2003 again, the the Giants are going to be formidable because you know Lincecum and Kane are going to be really good all season long. And if you got three number one starters because Barry Zito's pitching like a number one <laughs> right now, and then Jonathan Sanchez is really good. You know if Brian Wilson keeps on getting people out, they've got a really good defense. They, they got Kung Fu Panda to hit the ball out of the ballpark. The Giants have. Uh, the right mix of a championship-caliber team. Mm-hmm. Dominant starting pitching, a closer at the end of the game, a left-handed setup man in Jeremy Affelt, and a bunch of guys that can catch the ball and run the bases. It's a good team, Coach. All right, so maybe it'll be more than the Cardinals in Philadelphia when we start talking about National League uh, potential champions. We'll see if the Giants can creep into that category. Finally, uh, as we head into a break here in the American League, uh, Boston knocked off Anaheim 11-6. to we mentioned Toronto beat the White Sox. Boston now is four straight. They sweep the Anaheim Angels. The Angels have lost, I think, seven in a row. The Red Sox are back above 500. Big dog. Toronto's on a roll. You got the Yankees in Tampa Bay, the American League East, best division in baseball, and the Red Sox sweep the Angels. Yeah, those, that American League East is awesome. The poor Orioles, they're going to be, <laughs> they have no chance to contend in that particular division this year. Uh, the Red Sox are going to go on a roll. They got a really quality team. They've got a bunch of good starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daisuke Matsuzaku made the start yesterday for yep. the uh, for the Red Sox. He got lit up, but luckily for him, uh, looks like Victor Martinez is breaking out of this slump. And uh, yeah, got he, got, he got lit up in the first inning, and gave up four runs, but after that, I think he retired twelve of the next thirteen. Daisuke Matsuzaki pitching. Uh, uh, he got lit up in the first, but then after that, pitched pretty well. Is that what it was? Yeah. Again, I was that I wasn't yeah. able to watch the games last night, but. Yeah, but you know what? It's you know he's just getting back into the groove, getting trying to get his shoulder back. So mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that you know when he starts getting back into form, he's going to be a dominant pitcher. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. MLB recap, big dog. Good talking baseball with you. When we come back, some NHL hockey. We got a playoff game in town. NBA basketball, a couple of games last night, and a big golf tournament going on. The uh, 
TPC Tournament in Sawgrass. I know you've played that course before, haven't you? I have. Believe it or not, that's, I can't believe you actually remember something good about me. Yeah, I actually uh, was able to uh, – I was at that hotel, the Marriott, and they accidentally, they thought my stay was over. They they packed my stuff up. <laughs> and, then, and then I came back. I was like, where's my stuff? They're like, oh, we, it was some mixed up. So they felt so bad about it. They called the airline, uh-huh. moved, got my plane back, <laughs> and moved it back. And then they said, you know what? Can you play the course? You can play the course if you, if, if you forgive us. What did they have to call the airline? They, they not only packed your bag, they sent it on a plane? Well, no, 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 Coach. I missed my plane because oh. all my stuff wasn't in my room. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I have my Marriott Hotels, we go one step other. further. If you don't pack your bags on time, we pack them for you. Oh, that was not a good day. They, but the morning, the day after, awfully, awfully good playing that Did course. they remember to pack the clean underwear? I don't think I had any. There you go. We'll take a quick break. Back in a minute. David Olson, our producer, TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic, back in 38 seconds. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com oh beautiful our email by the way is mike two guys at aol.com big dog during the break here we got uh, actually earlier we got an email from uh, listener compala at sbcglobal.net and speaking of golf and it is the uh if I got the letters right, the TPC Tournament, Sawgrass, and beautiful Punta Vedra Beach, Florida, right? Big tournament going on? Yes, uh, PPC, TPC at uh, Sawgrass. Which now, stands for? It's like the fifth major, the Players' yes. Championship. Tournament, Players' Championship. Is that the T for tournament? No, just the Players' Championship. Oh, the. Isn't that what it is? Okay, it's not Tigers' Players' Championship. Well, then not this year, not because okay. it seems like he looks like the Tiger of old. For a couple holes, and then actually, you know, he's a tiger of new where he can't hit the, the ball straight. Mm-hmm. It's un- how up and down he's been has been unbelievable, Coach. Shot a uh, 70 yesterday, so he's in the hunt. Only four strokes back. Robert Allenby and J.B. Holmes, your leader. But uh, this is a classic email. Apparently, one of his buddies has written a book here. We are going to get this guy. I never met the guy, but based on the chapter titles, and you will agree with me in about 30 seconds, Big Dog, this is a guy we not only need to get on the show, we need to go golfing with because this is good stuff. But here are some of the chapters in this uh, golf book. And what the, I don't even know what the heck the name of the book is here. All right, here's chapter one. How to properly line up your fourth putt. <laughs> <laughs> chapter two. Chapter two, how to hit a Nike from the rough and then hit a Titleist from the tee. <laughs> chapter three, how to avoid the water when you lie eight in a bunker. Chapter 4, how to get more distance off your shank. (laughs) Chapter 5, when or when not to give the ranger the finger. 
Uh, chapter 10, when does a divot become officially classified as sod? <laughs> chapter 11, how to find the ball that everyone else saw go in the water? <laughs> Ch- chapter 12, why your spouse doesn't really care that you birdied the fifth hole? Uh, chapter 14, when to let a foursome play through your twosome? <laughs> chapter 15, how to relax when you're hitting five off the tee? Uh, oh, I love this. Chapter 18. Here's a, little, a good equipment one. Uh, chapter 18. When and how to re-grip your ball retriever. <laughs> oh, goodness. There's some more on there, but we appreciate compound. How to re-grip your ball retriever. I might need that one. If, you, if I think I use that more than I do my driver. I'm not sure. What's the ball retriever, Coach? I've only golfed like six times in my entire life. Really? That's yeah. when your ball, basically, if it goes in the water. Okay. And it's got the little, uh, almost like lacrosse stick, little round, webbed-in oh, ending. Oh, I've seen those. That's yeah. what that is. Okay. Yeah. I've seen those. Yeah, things. try yeah. it once in a while. It's, to me, it's my most valuable club. Well, that, I, I don't have my own set of clubs. And every time I go golfing, people drag me. Oh, come on, you'll love it, you'll love it. But no, I won't. And I got, don't worry, if you lose the ball, I get Well, I, trust me, after I was playing with Big John for by hole number six, he was he was fed up with me. I had lost so many balls. That <laughs> I was like, you dragged me out here. So. Well, you know, you get your money's worth. You're going to pay big bucks. You're going to get, uh, you might as well take a large number of shots. Yeah, right? that's, you know, that's the thing. Like, when I was playing defense in college, mm-hmm. you know, because I wasn't playing both ways anymore, it wasn't any fun. Three swings, I did my job, and now we're off the field. It's the same thing with golf. You know, the better you are, the less you get to play. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we've talked about this before. If you're a nature lover, uh, you know, if you're a good golfer, you're right down on the, uh, you know, that thin artificial grass in the fairway. But if you truly like to, uh, you know, take a walk, enjoy nature, Check out everything that the uh, you know this beautiful world has to offer. A little water, a little nice sand, possibly a beach. Uh, the, the 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 trees, the woods, the grass, the deep grass. You know, then you you know you play my kind of golf. You visit all the different uh, nature lands, if you will. That that's awfully good, coach. Yeah, thank you. All right, we got to get this guy on though. I like that. How to relax when you're playing five off the tee. That pretty much describes me, Coach. Yeah, exactly. All right. Maybe we'll get him in the studio. Maybe we got to go golfing with him, and then we'll have a report on it. All right, we got a hockey game. Uh, hockey? Can you call it a hockey game, a hockey match? What is it, a hockey, hockey yeah. game? Uh, or a skate, whatever you want to call it, a hockey okay. game. Okay, thank you. Hawks in Vancouver. Game four at Vancouver, 830. It's on the Versus channel. Don't worry, I have finally figured out where my Versus channel is. But uh, the Hawks got the momentum going. You know Vancouver is going to come out uh, – with all sticks blazing tonight, Big Dog, this is their game. They have to win. I think the Hawks will be on the defensive. You think they can um, find a way to win at Vancouver? Uh, I absolutely do think they're going to win. And I, I had Hawks in five from the start losing game one. They're going to win this game. And uh, they, Vancouver will be playing aggressively. They're going to be playing like their season's on the line, yep. Coach, because it, it truly is. You don't want to go down 1-3 and going back to the United Center and back to Chicago, they definitely don't want to be facing that. So now, what can uh, happen? I know you don't like this term, but it's a must-win for them, and they're going to be. And when hockey teams play that way, they do play aggressively. Yeah, but but on the other hand, too, sometimes and again, the Hawks are particularly dangerous if you want to use a boxing analogy on the counterpunch. And I think if a team opens up too much, if they're like overly aggressive, it might. I'm just taking this side of the angle here. 
Uh, it might work to the Hawks' advantage because they play too aggressively, maybe a little bit out of their style, and the Hawks are able to counterpunch, get a couple of quick goals, and put Vancouver out of their misery. Well, I, I don't think they'll play out of their style. They're a very, very good team. So uh, there's no reason for them to, to play in a, in a panic mode. Uh, all they have to do is play their style of game, and, and, and the Hawks you know, will have a heck of a hockey game uh, mm-hmm. ahead of them. But, um, yeah, there's no reason for Vancouver to panic and, and start trying to do things that they're not good at. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But I'm just saying it's going to be like a, they are going to come out battling uh, like they have in all season. Now, one of your biggest fans, Cinemax Cindy, you know the emailer. Yes, sir. she is a big fan of yours. I don't think she uh, particular. I don't even think she knows I exist, but that doesn't matter as long as she's listening to the show. She had emailed in uh, this morning before the show. Please ask the big dog. Uh, since Dustin Bufflin, better known as Big Buff, got a hat trick in the last game, uh-huh. she wants to know that if Big Buff gets another hat trick tonight, are you willing to come in the studio and do the show in the Buff? Yes, I will, Coach. So if Big Buff can uh, go back-to-back hat-tricks. Yes. I don't know if Dave Olson, our producer, he'd probably take off that particular day. I don't blame but him. Randy he, Myers will be producing that show yeah. that day. And, and believe me, this is his last day at TalkZone.com. <laughs> but you yeah, both. you got that right. So if Big Buff scores the hat-trick tonight, you're doing the show in the buff. Yes, I am, Coach. There it is. Cinemax Sandy is very, very happy. So was some emailer named Earl, apparently, but uh, we don't have to worry about him. <laughs> At least I don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, goaltending, uh, Luongo, we've already talked about his trouble with the Hawks. Anti Niemi, if he hasn't been spectacular, Big Dog, he has been rock solid. Big article on him in the Chicago Tribune today and how they discovered him playing in uh, Finland. But uh, the Hawk goalie has stood up to the uh, pressure of the playoffs thus far. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I uh, had a real rough game one, didn't get a lot of help from his defense. But, um, you know what, when it comes to being a hockey player, a hockey goalie, it isn't mm-hmm. how you start, it's how you finish. And since he is finished, I think it's all going to work out, Coach. <laughs> uh, are you done? Another Almost. analogy like that, and we're going to go back to the TPC golf term. I'll read you a few more chapters from this guy's book. <laughs> that was actually the best part of the show so far. <laughs> Detroit, another uh, hockey news yesterday. By the way, the Red Wings, they were down, what, 3-0? They were down 3-0. They were, sorry, that's definitely a must win when you're down 3-0, Coach. Boy, on life support, and they come back, scored five goals in the first period. They beat San Jose. Seven to one. They're still going to lose the series, but what a comeback win! And this kid, uh, Johan Franzen. Yeah, Franzen, coach. He got a hat trick in three minutes. Yeah, three minutes and twenty six seconds. Holy man! Ended up with four goals and two assists. Two assists set a Detroit playoff record for most points in a game. And the Red Wings have the most Stanley Cups of any American-based team, so they've had a few playoff wins in in, in their uh, in their history. So that is one heck. Of a, of a night of skating for uh, oh. Franzen. A hat trick all in three minutes and 26 seconds. That's pretty impressive. And also uh, Montreal knocked off the Penguins, so that series is even at 2-2. Montreal, big dog, I kind of get mixed up in my seeds. Are they the eight seed? They're the, they're the number eight seed, Coach. Wow. But the Halak has been playing awesome in net for them. And mm-hmm. they're the Montreal Canadiens. So whether they're the eighth seed or the first seed, that city expects them to win the Stanley Cup every single year. So they're like the New York Yankees up there, you know, because they haven't won it since 93, and, you know, like, heads are going to roll if this team doesn't win it again. So, mm-hmm. But, you know, what? That's it's kind of funny. It's like normally with Sidney Crosby and how beloved he is in, uh, in Canada, you would think the NHL would want the Penguins to win, but 
Montreal is such a beloved organization up in Canada. Mm-hmm. They're probably rooting for Montreal to advance in that particular series. Gary Bettman. Yeah. This could be an interesting series, too, too. I got a feeling that one's going down to seven. And uh, I would think Gary Bettman and the TV people probably rooting for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm so into hockey now, Big Dog. You know, I've caught the hockey fever. After yeah. watching like three regular season games, I'm the self-proclaimed hockey expert here on the uh, two guys in a mic show. So into hockey. Woke up, you know, the rain last night with the thunder? Yeah. Woke me up about 2 o'clock in the morning. Looked over at my wife, and she looked just for a brief moment. A little bit like Pittsburgh Penguin right winger Yevgeny Malkin. Well, uh, you know, he usually scores in a big game, so that's good for you, Coach. Wasn't a bad look. It no. was not a bad look, i got to admit. Didn't get back to sleep to about 3.30. Use your you imagination. Know, I'm, I'm not going to get all into it, but I actually had a dream last night that a, uh, a sect or like a re- religious zealot group Mm-hmm. had me trapped in their building, was trying to get me to convert to their religion. Really? Yes. Just a that, dream. That's no joke. I don't want to get all into it, but uh-huh. that was one of the worst nightmares I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. <laughs> you, you haven't woken up next to Yevgeny Malkin. I, I think I would rather wake up next to Malkin than, uh, than actually become part of one of like uh, those yeah. David Koresh groups. Coach. Yeah, you're probably right. Don't knock it till you've tried it. folks you want to talk some nhl playoffs we're going to talk nba also of course the uh, uh, golf tournament going on to the tpc at sawgrass anything you want to talk about you want to jump off the sports page we can do that too again the phone number 888-463-6748 big sports weekend it's also mother's day weekend big dog i don't know if you have any special things planned but i know you and your mom extremely close uh how is mrs big dog Oh, uh, she's doing absolutely spectacular. Uh, she went to Vegas this weekend and uh, won some money. Really? And she called me up last night, and she's, you know, hey, I watched that Black and Blue City. She's like, you looked really good. Which one were you? <laughs> and, uh, and and then she's like, hey, I want to buy you your birthday gift early, if that's okay, because she's like, why should, you know, she wants to get me a bike. Uh-huh. Did you believe that? Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that for you. And my, my birthday in for a couple months. And she's mm-hmm. like, I really want to get you a, a, a bike. So I'm going to get your birthday present early this year. I thought you had a bicycle. We yeah, all know, know you don't you don't have a car, so your only means of transportation right now is the thumb or a bicycle. Well, you know what? Why didn't somebody tell me that you're supposed to hitchhike with a thumb? I was told it was with the middle finger. <laughs> I, nobody would pick me up. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. But I, I found out later that it's the thumb, but. That isn't working for me too much either, because the only person that no. picked me up so far was uh, was, was a guy that had, like, an axe in his back seat. That it wasn't have, very comfortable. It might have been listener Earl, the same guy that was excited that you might do the show on the buff next week. <laughs> so be careful. No, the days of hitchhiking, you know, back in our day, it was, it was fairly passe to stick the thumb out and hitchhike. You'd usually get a ride, of course, nowadays with all the dangers involved that you don't see any hitchhikers um Ever, but I thought you had a working bicycle. Why is mom buying you a new bike? I thought well, you had it, it's, um The best way for me to put it is I went downtown one day, locked it up, and Uh-oh. did some stuff, came back, and it was basically pilfered. So basically, like, if you ever go and park your car in a bad neighborhood, you come back and the rims are missing, and that's basically what happened. Everything mm-hmm. on the bike, they took my pedal. They took everything. So it's So basically, instead of, like, pedals, I just have, like, the – the one, like the bar that comes out of the, mm-hmm. of my crank. So in, in the bike, I was like, in order to replace all this stuff, I, it costs half a bike. 
So I was like, might as well just get a brand new bike because this thing, it, it's on its last wheels, the best way for me to say. So, you know, I just happened to mention it to my mom, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to buy a bike soon. And she just like, you know, all of a sudden she calls up yesterday. She's like, hey, I want some money in Vegas. I want to get, uh, get your birthday present early because getting, getting a bike in September isn't going to be anything. I'm like, you're buying me a bike? So isn't that sweet of her? I mean, you, that's, that's some That is a very, very nice gesture. Yes, I was going to say you should ask for a car instead. Well, I was going to say, have your mom go back to Vegas, double down, and go for the car. No, Dave, that's a really, really good idea. Maybe I should bring that up to her. But, you know, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And I'm not calling my mom a horse. Mm-hmm. What was your mom doing in Vegas? Was she going with a, one of those group trips? Uh, no, she went with uh, with her boyfriend. And uh, it's uh, I'll tell you something, my mom can gamble. I mean, that woman knows how to walk away from the table, mm-hmm. okay? So um, I guess right. she'd won a decent amount of money. She right. paid for everything on the trip, and she had a couple you know, couple dollars extra. I'm, it was awful sweet of her. So I, I have not been to Vegas for a while, but uh, if I'm going to bring a female to Vegas next time, it's going to be your mom and not my wife, because that was not one of our better experiences, the Vegas trip. My well, wife, well, basically, like, she'd get mad at me for putting a quarter in the quarter slots. Seriously? Yeah. Not, you know, just how can you throw away money like that? It was not uh, not one of our better experiences, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. It, your wife definitely would not want to be with me back when I was in the midst of gambling way, way, no. way too much. Yeah. You know, making $500 a week selling shoes, and I am legitimately have 12 $500 bets on football games just on the Saturday morning game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the... You know, some people, the thrill of gambling isn't so much. Yeah, like, I'm going game to game to game. I'm sweating one game. Oh, of course, that was brutal. And I I'm remember so back in the day when, my it, life is done. when it comes to sports betting, we used to do, you know, you were involved in that when we did our radio show. And uh, it was pretty consistent when you were actually putting actual money down on some of the games. Your predictions would be a lot worse when you didn't have any money. When you were um, off the bottle, so to speak, yeah. your predictions would be right on. We. Because we used to do Beat the Schmoes, and yeah. when I quit gambling, yes. I went on a streak on Beat the Schmoes. This is no joke, where over, like, the next 30 picks, I, yep. I went, like, 25 and 5 this over is, the next, like, 10 weeks. This is when there, was no, when there was no ridiculous. money, and you were making the predictions strictly for the benefit of our fine listening fans. Yeah, that's, people were calling in being like, thank you, I want so much money. I was like, well, could, you, could you help me pay this guy named Chico? <laughs> he says he's going to break my leg. Yeah. So, and then as soon as you'd go back off the wagon again and start betting on the games a little bit, you did not have the same level of success. You know, Coach, I usually won money throughout the course of a year. Like, you know, I, like one year I won like five grand. Over the course of one year I lost like 200. And my, my ex-girlfriend turned into wife never had a problem. And then one weekend, $14,000. Uh-oh. That's it a was problem. everything I had. I'm saying that I, I – and I quit, and I have not gambled since. The only gambling I've done since mm-hmm. are, like, $10 seasonal pools. Yep. And I came up with seasonal pools that you could actually do without having to, uh, you know, that you can root on everything without, uh, like, risking too much money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, without a doubt, that was the lowest point that I had ever reached. So, But I haven't. I said I never would do it again, and I haven't. So. Interesting. I picked Duke, by the way, in the uh, office pool. Unfortunately, it was the NCAA football pool, not basketball. Very, very disappointed. By the way, speaking of money and gambling, of the Dow Jones for any of our uh, stockholders out there, not a good yesterday, uh, not a good day yesterday, 
At one point, Big Dog, the Dow Jones down near a record 1,000 points. Panic had set in. It rebounded, got back two-thirds of the way, but still down 350 points. So for the uh, stock market gamblers out there, tough day. If you were a Cub fan or a Sox fan and you had some stocks yesterday, not a good day. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Matt Benson, the guy I do the show with, the Black and Blue City, yep. he uh, is a he's a broker trader, and he explained what had happened was some idiot. Uh, what was it? Uh, I forget which bank it was. Accidentally put in a buy or a sell order of sixteen billion shares instead of sixteen million. Uh oh. Okay. So what ended up happening is people panicked. He said that when that threw and it dropped like that because you know if somebody's selling that much, mm-hmm. people tend to they they freak out like what's going on. People thought there was a terrorist attack. Oh, he said normally the place is up in the in frenzy. Everybody stopped what they were doing and like had this like this horrible pit in their. Yeah, you would face. think as sophisticated as the Dow Jones, at least I think, is that there'd be some safety mechanisms against a uh, I'm assuming a human mistake like that. Well, Not uh, the, whole story, the whole story isn't out, Coach, but supposedly okay. the safety mechanism to make sure that like crazy stuff doesn't happen was the reason why this particular incident happened. Because mm-hmm. there was nothing the guy could do about it after he supposedly. But you know what? It's a socialized company that the, the yeah. bank was actually socialized by our uh, by our government. So now there's uh, there's a conspiracy going on that. What the guy did was he knew what he was doing. It wasn't his money. He put the sell uh, order in, and then after everything dropped. Uh, he had people start buying stuff for him and supposedly made billions of dollars yesterday. Beautiful. All right, big I, I don't know if this is true or not, but that's actually they're investigating to see if that's what happened. We will find out. We'll talk about that Monday. we got to wrap up today's show. Dog, thank you for joining us as per always. Have a great weekend out there, and uh, let's wish a happy Mother's Day to all our uh, two guys and a Mike moms out there, okay? Absolutely. Uh, to all moms, happy Mother's Day. To my mom specifically, I love you dearly. Uh, we'll be back 10 o'clock on Monday. David Olson, our producer, great job all week. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody.